Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host, and I'm so grateful you are here. If this is your first time joining us, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to our tribe. Welcome to our Full Out Collective. I'm so grateful for you. And if you are returning, hey girl, welcome back. Uh, Just really quick, you guys, we have a brand new Full Out Collective Facebook page that has the free five-day self-love challenge. If that is something you're interested in, head over to Facebook and search Full Out Collective. You will have weekly insights. You'll have memes and great company and great energy with a community of women that are looking to improve their lives, their business, their relationships, their finances, and want that supportive collective. So today's episode, oh, y'all, I am so fired up. Today's interview is with Jessica Reese, and she went from professional dancer to high-profile event producer to death worker. And I know you're like, wait a minute, what is a death worker? So Jessica is the death empath. She is a death doula and death intuitive who specializes in grief, loss, ancestral activation, and shadow work. Today's interview literally blew my mind. I could listen to Jess talk for hours. We hit on topics like transforming grief and guilt into power. We talk about illuminating the shadow, being your authentic self, work as an addiction, living death, so not just the actual physical death of a loved one, but living deaths like a relationship, like your job, like, you know, existence as you know it. I think we all feel that a little bit right now, right? And also touch on understanding your energy as a person so you can flourish. I am so excited for you to listen to this, and I would love your thoughts. If you are enjoying this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a review so that we can spread the good word, my friends, spread the light and the love and the energy to everyone that needs to hear it, because the more reviews we get, the more queens get inspired and change their life. And when women are inspired, empowered, and feeling incredible... We literally raise the vibration of the planet. My friends, please enjoy Jess, the death empath. Jess, oh my goodness. I'm so happy you are on the podcast. I, from the second I met you, I was like, okay, everyone in my network needs to learn from you and hear your story. And I think that you're going to blow some people's minds today. So I'm just so grateful and thankful that you are here. Um, I can't wait to jump in. So can you tell us, for everyone that's listening, can you tell us your story? How did you go from like boss queen, entrepreneur into death empath? And what is a death doula? All of the good stuff. Can you just dive in? Yeah, of course. And uh, you know what, Sam? Thank you so much. Uh, You're amazing. I love you. And so sweet of you to 
say all those kind and lovely things. So um, the journey from being the boss babe entrepreneur, I guess, archetype, right? Um, the thing that we all want to be to now being death empath and doing death work and being a death intuitive. That was actually um, a huge jump and leap of faith. And it happened over a course of, I think, two, three years, really. That's, that was the having to go back and forth and like leaving my previous work into doing this now. But the cut, like severing the tie from that work into death work was almost overnight. So how I, how I started, I had a very successful high profile events company and I was doing all the things, you know, I ticked off all the boxes, you know, six figures. Yes. High profile. Awesome. Um, uh, 30. Yes. Awesome. All these amazing accolades and things I was doing. Uh, but about three years ago, I got really burnt out. And instead of stopping then, I kept going and I would do IVs twice a week with pain medication in them and, you know, just to keep going and being in survival mode. And um, I did with any entrepreneur at the time would do like, I need a coach. I'm going to get a life coach. And, you know, I didn't put the two together that I was actually physically burnt out. I thought it was like a mental, spiritual thing. So I got a coach and bless her heart. I love Marla so much. Marla, if you're hearing, I love you. I'm so sorry for being such a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, but she was my first coach and she was pretty much telling me like, you need to stop doing the work that you're doing. And I, this is my baby. The event stuff was my baby. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm so successful. And this is my identity. And this is who I am. How can I leave this? I just kept thinking, I just need to rework it. I just need to change it up, change myself, change my mindset. And um, she was really adamant about like, this is not your work. <laughs> I was really adamant about, yes, it is. Um, and that's why I'm saying bless her heart. Cause I fought her. She was with, I was with her for about two years and I literally fought her all the time on everything. And, um, you know, she really was the first one to plant the seed of you need to put your message out there and your story and who you are and what you've gone through. And I was, I, I wasn't there yet. You know, I was still in that place where I didn't want people to know that I'd had a hard life or that I experienced trauma or that I had been chronically depressed for 20 plus years. I, I, I didn't want to show up that way. I thought I was still embarrassed. You know, there's still a lot of shame in it. And um, because my whole life I had been, you know, anytime that I would show up as this sad, depressed person, I would lose friends, I would lose opportunities, and I just learned to hide it and manage it really well and be this successful women entrepreneur. And I hid behind that. I was like, look at me and look at all these things I'm doing. Don't, you know, I'm totally on top of the world and look at the life I have. And she kept telling me, you need to really just be your authentic self and you need to leave this work. Um, so <laughs> like I said, two years of her saying that. Um, and then she also uh, came up with this term I'd never heard before, which was, she's like, you're a really sensitive person. So she very specifically works with creatives. She's like, you're a very sensitive person. I think you're an empath. And I was like, empath that's like a very woo woo word. What? 
you know, and she's like, no, no, it's, you know, get this book called, um, the survival guide uh, to being an empath. Yeah. That's what it's called. And I ate that book up. I was like, Oh my God, yes, it's me. Every page was like, yes, this is me. This is me. And, um, then I had this like call to find an empath coach since her coaching have done so well for me. I was like, well, maybe I should find an empath coach. And then I find my next coach. Um, and she's works with empaths and she does empaths in business. And sure enough, she was saying the same thing. Like, mm, you really, you know, this work doesn't really seem like it's hundred percent you. And maybe you can combine your story, your past, the trauma with your current work. And I just didn't, I, like I said, I kept trying to hold on. Mind you, that whole time I kept getting worse. So I was getting more and more sick. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I started getting these debilitating headaches. I felt like I was having a stroke. I would go blind. I wouldn't be able to verbalize, say words, speak, feel my hands. At one point I collapsed. I couldn't feel my legs. It, it got really scary. And um, I still kept going. I still would go to the doctor and say, I need pain medication. I have this big event and I'm doing half million dollar events. I'm doing these huge galas. Um, I'm golf tournaments and these things that you have to be like on top of it. You're doing these micromanagements, macro management. It's pretty much glorified project management. is what I like calling it, but it's, you have to be on top of it. And, um, the last year after one of my large galas, uh, I took a really hard look at myself. I, that, that night I had gotten grabbed and yelled at, yelled at by the client's wife. Um, and I barely made it through that event. And I remember thinking afterwards, it's like three in the morning, four in the morning, and I'm doing my tear down and breaking up, breaking the event, breaking the event down. And I remember just looking around the space and going, is this worth dying for? And it wasn't, obviously it wasn't, but that's where I was. I had to just start thinking, why am I so consumed with this work? And then looking back at it, I had to really face it. And the work was an addiction. The work was a distraction to what I was really feeling, which was the wounding, which was, the shadow, which was I needed to let go of certain parts of myself or release or feel or whatever it was that I was running from. So I was using being a workaholic, running myself into the ground, being super sick as a coping mechanism. If I didn't have to think about all the things that were hurting, then I was fine. But I was killing myself. <laughs> I was killing myself trying to ignore the hurt. So this was last year. This was June of last year. And then I had to focus on really getting better and recovering from June up until this year. In about February, March, I started feeling better. Um, like I was getting a piece of my life back. But let's rewind. So four years ago, uh, I, same thing. I'm, you know, had my business for a year and I was still really chronically depressed. I had death ideation. I still had self-harming thoughts. And I was like, why am I so obsessed with death? This is ridiculous. I, I don't know what's going on with me. 
then my husband's grandmother passes away. And I remember when we got the phone call that she was passing and I go and I grab all my things and I'm just like waiting there standing by the door and his family isn't moving. They're not doing anything. And I kind of like at some point asked my husband, so when are we leaving? When are we going to go say goodbye to grandma Pat? And he said, my folks aren't going to go. They don't want to go. They said they already said goodbye to her. And I was shocked. I was kind of stunned. Um, my family's very like, there's 50 of us in a, in a waiting room when you've broken a leg, giving out prayers of healing. And I, I was like really shook. I am just going to say I was like really shook. And I just stood there kind of in shock. And, and I remember that being such a pivotal moment in my life that something was stirring in like my energetic field or my subconscious, something was happening that I wasn't, I didn't know what it was. Then maybe a week or so later, I started looking into like how to volunteer at hospice to be with people who are actively passing. And all these articles started coming up at how many people pass away by themselves in nursing homes. And it broke my heart. And I was like, this is, this isn't okay. And then um, a term comes up an end of life doula and death doula and death caregiver. And I'm like, whoa, what is this whole like space, this community of, of death work? And this association comes up called ANELDA, which is the International End of Life Doula Association. And they do trainings. And I was like, oh my God, I, I got to do this. I was just really, really called. It was almost like being pulled to this thing. And I'm like, okay, I the next trainings in Madison, Wisconsin, I'm in Southern California. I don't really have the ticket, the money to go buy a ticket to go to Madison, Wisconsin, but you know, I made it work. I made it happen. I pulled a fundraiser. I did all these things and I ended up going and becoming, I went to the training and I ended up becoming a death doula. But again, I was thinking, well, I get to volunteer hospice and I get to do all these things. Again, I'm just trying to distract from the hurt and the wounding. And I'm thinking, well, if I'm close enough to death, then maybe I won't yearn for it so much. You know, I won't wake up every day going, oh man, I woke up, this sucks. You know, because at this point I'm desperate. That training changed my life. That training was another one of those moments where I was like, this is amazing, beautiful work. I wish everyone would do this for themselves. But I wasn't thinking of it as a career yet. I wasn't thinking of it like, oh, I'm going to do this for a living. No, I'm thinking I'm a workaholic and now I get to add another thing to my plate so that I don't have to think about all the things I want to think about. That's really what I was seeing it as. And then I, um, you know, just would do it as volunteer. I'd get phone calls and I would sit with people who were actually passing. I was doing it for pets. So I was just that go-to person that people would call all the time. Three months from my training, my grandmother passes away. One week before she passed, I guided her through her transition. And that's where I realized why I was being called and pulled to do the training in Madison, Wisconsin, was that I was meant to be at my grandmother's bedside. My grandmother passed away in my arms on midnight on Christmas Eve. And it was that moment that changed me. It wasn't just that pivotal shift or, you know, awakening. It literally changed me. And I say, my grandmother's life brought me back to life. I always say that. Because 
although I didn't understand it at that moment, we were definitely, there's an exchange of energy that happens when you're sitting with someone who's actively passing. I always call it a gift. It's an opportunity to speak to people through the veil. It's an opportunity to ask for forgiveness, say, I love you one last time, or get any of those last moments and legacy that you need from that person who's passing. And that's what I got from my grandmother. My grandmother, it's almost like she activated something inside of me, pushed buttons or flipped a switch. I don't know what it was. All I know is that from that moment, from that day forward, I've never had another depressive episode again, ever. Like, yeah, I have my sad days. I have my bad, like, oh man, I don't feel okay. But it's not the dark, heavy, weighted depression that I lived in all my life. And so I always say that she like left a little piece of her behind, like this like woman who was like 97 years old when she died and she would still like throw punches at you. Like she thought you were talking bad about her. You know, that looks like fiery, resilient, been through who knows what, um, just really strong and full of life, even in her passing. She still had black and white peppered hair. Like she was just a force to be reckoned with. And I literally feel like she left that in me where I was like, well, wait a second. Like I shook off all the like trauma and depression for a minute and was like, wait a second. I can, I can transmute and transform all this dark shadow energy into illumination, into power. And it, like I said, I changed as a person, but that change was something that needed to be with me in order to process for a while. Like I said, I was still working up until last year. And it was like this little gnawing feeling like growing and growing inside me. Like this work isn't your work. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And um, it took me nearly dying. I like to call, I like to say that we all have these living deaths that we experience. You know, identity loss, loss of safety, job loss, relationship loss. I feel like those are all living deaths. And um, we die multiple times in a lifetime. And that for me, being physically near death, you know, really having where I felt like I had no energy source left, no spirit left was a death for me. And I just realized like that business, that identity, that identity was not worth really dying for. And so two weeks before sheltering in place in California happened, I like sent an email excuse me, I sent an email out to my clients, like my top clients, and I let them finally know how sick I I, had been for the last two, three years. And I told them like, this is what's going on with me. This is the illness that I have. This is the kind of treatment that I have to be on for the next few months. I can't do this work anymore. And I'm so sorry, um, but I have to do what's best for me. And there was something about sending that, that email that just felt like that first step into being in alignment with you, who you are, your purpose and your passion. Uh, it's almost like not only did I give myself permission, but I was advocating for this like new life I wanted. And there was this sense of relief immediately. I, and in that moment, I realized how heavy and all this was for me, that weight, that that was adding to my depression, this addiction, this like having to work and burn out. And, you know, co- this coping mechanism was really not, it wasn't helping how I thought it was. It was, it was adding, it was exacerbating the depression. So then, um, 
how I met you, right? We were in this mastermind together. And um, so I'd had my business coach, my life coach, Marla. Then I'd had my empath coach, Robin. And then um, I go to Girl Talk, the festival, and I meet Sarah and Sahara and Jenna. And I go into this mastermind group. And this group of sister queens is like so fire. It's so inspiring. Everyone's doing these huge, great, big things. And then I was like, I'm going to just jump into death, into the death work. I'm just going to do it. And then I started thinking about what's my new name going to be? What's my IG handle? And I was like, uh, death expert? No, death witch? Okay, no, that just sounds really weird. Death witch? Where did that come from? Um, you know, so I was like, what it has to be both it has to be both what I do and who I am. I'm an intuitive, I'm an empath. And I think really living with the cycle of life and death as one thing versus just being totally focused on living life and being alive all the time and being scared shitless of death. I'm like, we need to embrace both because in order to get to the illumination of the light, we really have to go into the shadow. And so I was like, oh my God, death empath and then from there it just everything clicked everything felt like me all me whole me showing up in the world being like yes death is kind of scary really scary i'm not gonna lie a lot of people are very freaked out about death it's very scary um but i want to make death accessible and light and beautiful and deep and nurturing you know, and then I started really finding my footing and how understanding my energy as a person. I have this energy energy that uh, is described as crone energy. I'm like a grandma, but not like the physical grandma, the, the nurturing, the kind, the loving, supporting grandma energy. And I really started embodying that and the slow life you know my husband always calls me a turtle he's like oh my god you're so slow you're such a turtle and now i'm going yes it's nice it's nice being this turtle and just like i'm gonna make it to the finish line but i'm gonna go at the place at, at a pace that i can enjoy the environment and the wind and the sunshine and the grass underneath my feet or you know all those things that i was like racing past like I can't, I've always lived by a body of water. I've always lived by a beach and I could literally go, wow, this year I didn't go to the beach once, you know, or I didn't go out dancing once this year. Uh, people would ask me, what are your hobbies? I'm like, oh, I just work, you know, and that's such a weird place to be in because why is it okay that we just work, you know, as these, um, Women entrepreneurs were always like, oh yeah, I work a lot. I hustle, I grind. That whole mindset, right? We all took on that like mindset of hustle and grind. And, you know, while others are sleeping, you're building businesses, you're building your empire. And I'm just, I got really wrapped in that kind of masculine energy of push, 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 force, force, force. And once that feminine energy I was introduced to, which is in death, that crone energy, I opened up, I flourished. I flourished more in the feminine receiving and the flow and the manifesting versus the like, yeah, I can make things happen, but at the cost of my spirit, as in here's a pound of flesh to make something happen for someone else. That's just, again, events are beautiful. Experiences are amazing, right? An event is an experience. And I'm not going to say that that work isn't incredible too, but it's not 
sitting with someone who's actively passing or holding someone in their grief or giving someone an infinite amount of space to just show up as themselves and everything and they're sad and they're dark and they're like the lowest point in their life and say, hey, I'm here right next to you when you're ready. You know, I can help you through this, out of this, or I can just hold your hand if you want me to. And that is so much more powerful for me. So much more powerful. And that's really my story. That that story, everyone always, you know, you see that meme that's like success and it has like, you know, the steps behind the person and there's like knives and shards of glass and all this stuff that I had to walk through. It really does feel like that. Like I'm here now as death empath. And I always get the like, oh my gosh, how do you know who you are? And you're so powerful in your work and you're so confident in it and you're doing all these things. And I'm like, it took me nearly really dying to get to this place and, and just years of, of having to take a hard look at myself and denying this part of myself and, you know, um, really ignoring what I wanted for years until I finally got to that place. I think where a lot of us get to and we're like, okay, do I just want to keep going down this road? I know what's going to happen. I, I, I can't be burnt out forever. Am I going to just keep going to emergency rooms thinking I'm having a heart attack and, you know, or do I just go for it and say, fuck it. Like what's the worst that's going to happen back to this. Okay. Well, at least I know what this is, but that, that other path that my dreams may be there, my goals, I may find myself finally. That's kind of, I think my, my driving force has always been that I'm always like, well, let's try this other way, this other side, this other perspective. Like, I learned that I dance in the dark. I learned that I illuminate dark spaces, not, not turn dark into light, but turn dark into power. I, I recognized and realized that's who and what I am. And that's what I've always been. I've always, you know, lived in that dark space. I've always lived in that depression. And instead of seeing it for what it was, I, I was afraid of it. I was ashamed of it, embarrassed. And now I'm like, I embrace it. I'm like, oh my God, this is such powerful work. But I wouldn't have known that, right? I wouldn't have known that if had I not gone through everything I went through, through the shame, through the guilt, through the embarrassment, through the advocating for myself, standing up, getting sick, all the things. Like I wouldn't be where I am now had I not experienced a lifetime of trying to pursue that perfect way of existing, right? Versus becoming the pioneer of my own destiny, you know, creating my own path. I mean, I've been really fascinated by death since I was little. You know, I was the kind of kid who would like see dead things and just kind of like be really inquisitive and ask a bunch of questions. How did it die? Why is it no longer animated? And like, I would like kind of ask where the organs are and all these things. And, and I was made to feel as a child, like, you're weird. That is so strange. You're morbid, weird, little dark kid. <laughs> like, why are you this way? And I, I, again, you learn to, to hide those parts of yourself that don't necessarily need to be hidden. They just need to be modified, I guess, or find the right mentor. Like, had I found some great, like, you know, death mentor when I was little, I'm sure they would have seen it as like, oh, great. She's just going into death work or She's going to go into death caregiving. And um, that's kind of where I am now where I just want people to understand that there's always something 
powerful in the things that you're naturally drawn to, the things that you hide or are ashamed of, there's power in that. And I think it's, it's more about shifting. Like I like to call myself an energy alchemist or like a grief alchemist, right? Because I'm like, let's transform your grief and your guilt into some sort of positive power for you. You know, let, let's try to transmute it and create it into something that helps you move forward or makes you feel more whole. Um, and that's, that's my story. And then, you know, death doula, I know I didn't elaborate on that, but a death doula, we're pretty much just guides. And my training is specific on, we took um, a birth doula, the concepts of advocating, facilitating medical directives and things of that nature. And we're just now applying it to death. So we pretty much are able to sit with someone who's actively passing, help with legacy work. We also get trained in imagery work to help with anxiety. And our main, our main, um, our main goal when we're sitting with someone who's actively passing is that people get to die as themselves. Meaning we're advocating for your end of life wishes. If you don't want a medical death, if you don't want to die in a hospital bed, like we're there advocating for you to, you know, die in your home, go into hospice, do all these things. Um, and that's really our goal is to facilitate, advocate, and then guide. One of the biggest things that I've done a lot in my work is help the family and let them know, yes, the, the person you love can still hear you. So if you want to say any last words to them, get close, come in. I also, as long as it's okay with the person who's actually passing, yes, you can embrace them and hold them and touch them. Yes, you can bathe them, bathe them while they're alive or after death. And so we're there, we're like these little space holders where we're just, and we're also giving permission. Yes, you can come here in this space. And yes, this is okay. Because like I said, a lot of people, they're not only afraid of the concept of dying, they're also afraid of the physical aspects of dying. Because we don't know. We don't know what we can and cannot do. We don't know if it's okay to come into a room. We don't know if it's okay to sing songs for people we love or to read poetry or, you know, um, read from the Bible. You know, a lot of people always ask, can we pray? Can we do these things? And as long as the person and their wishes said it's totally fine that people pray for me then of course we we um help people understand that this is the perfect place to do those things yes can i ask for forgiveness can i tell them i love them can i you know can i climb into bed with them yes you know absolutely as long as they were okay with it while they were alive and they let us know they gave us our the specifications of how they want their death to look that's all we're there, we're there for and, you know, we also do follow up uh, for the family members, you know, six, eight weeks later, we're following up, making sure they're okay, because grief takes some time. You know, you, most people are in shock and denial uh, for the first few weeks, and then you go into the grief. And then from there, it all depends that you have guilt, because guilt is one of the biggest things I also deal with, is uh, people feel very guilty and they feel like they're at fault for their loved ones passing. Um, so it's really hard to get into processing the grief and the sadness when you have guilt in the way. And I think that's honestly for life in general, when you're dealing with guilt, it's really hard to get to any of the other uh, emotions and feelings that you have, right? I was listening to some of your podcasts in the last one you were talking about how to reach anger. 
But if you have guilt there first, you how do you get past the guilt and go into the anger, right? Because the anger makes way for the sadness and the the overwhelm, the frustration, the depression, and all these other feelings. So it, and that's a huge thing that I think a lot of us would like to be able to learn how to let go of the responsibility of life or like the pressure of having to perform or the like responsibility for other people's well-being you know like i don't know if this is like you too sam you're like a martyr you know we've we dealt like with a lot of um mother wounding martyrdom where we self-sacrifice we give of ourselves in order to save others and there comes a time and a place where you're like wait a second they themselves have to learn how to like you know help themselves and we can't just keep on giving and giving and giving because then there's nothing left there and so that's that's kind of what death work is for me and it's so funny because you would never think right death work is going to have this like guilt and learning how to like navigate your emotions and really helping you live life um i always say really having death present is going to help you live a life where you're not settling where you're not thinking, well, I have all this time in the world, so I can travel later, right? No, you, you start prioritizing yourself and what you really want and how you want to live this life, not just, not just exist, not just wake up every day, but really live and be alive. And that's coming from someone who, like I said, most of my life, I didn't want to live. And now I'm like, no, 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 I love life. I want to be alive every single day. And how do I, how do I help promote this, like being aliveness to everyone? Um, so that's what death empath is. And that's what a death doula is. Cause I know you mentioned to me too, that death doula is a new term for a lot of people and, and starting death empath. I noticed that too. People are like, Oh my God, what's a death doula? This is so fascinating. And then there are a lot of people that want to be able to have that kind of knowing so they can help their own family members too. So they can be death caregivers for their parents or loved ones. And um, I think that's another place to be empowered. Girl, so, yeah. Oh my, I mean, I, I could listen to you, like just keep on going. And I know that everyone, like, I don't know about anyone listening, but I'm like, okay, if tears in my eyes, then I have chills in my body. Then I'm like, I'm literally leaning in as we're doing this, this interview. And I just, holy shit. Like there's just so much here. First of all, I want you guys to hear how soothing Jess is. She's literally like the opposite of me where I'm vibrating up, up in the ether and like being crazy and all over the place. Jess just like grounds me and I feel calm and soothed around this woman. And I don't know if you guys hear that too, but oh, I'm just there's so many things in what you've said so far. And I'm like, I want to keep going, but I mean, I just want to touch on a couple of things. I, I took a few notes and, and there were so many good things. Like I love the bit about your identity and feeling that pressure to just change your mindset to make it a positive thing. I was literally talking to a client about this last week where I'm like, no, it feels uncomfortable. Your job feels uncomfortable because you're not supposed to be there anymore. Like literally this conversation, I hope she's listening. Um, because I see that a lot in the coaching and personal development space that we just think, oh, it's just a shift of mindset. And sometimes there is a shift in mindset. And also those feelings of discomfort are generally nudges to push us in the right direction. So that I really felt, um, I, I really want to get your 
advice for someone? Cause you talked about taking that first step to be in alignment where you finally felt like, Oh, this is starting to click and this feels good. Do you have any advice for someone that is experiencing what you're calling this living death of either leaving a job or leaving a relationship or, you know, these things, how do they take that first step to be in alignment? You know, I can say this in hindsight, right? I can say this in hindsight because while I was in it, I'd, I was not listening to my intuition for anything. But it is, like you said, those nudges. You're, you're absolutely right. Like you're there. <laughs> I actually like to say I, the universe likes to teach you in two ways, with a feather or with a hammer, right? And I am such a hammer kind of. <laughs> I learn with a hammer the hard way. But I think if we just th- – really started listening to the feathers, the nudges, the like, like you said, you're not happy because you're not meant to do this work. You're hundred percent right. But in hindsight, I was telling myself this three years ago. I was telling myself this two years ago. I was telling myself this a year ago. It, it took this. And as people, it, it takes these like extreme shifts in our lives, these things that like hit us upside the head hard a few times for us to be like, okay, you're right. I'm listening. Um, but I did, I read this really great book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, right? And he talks about being in your zone of excellence and then being in your zone of genius. And we all are like, again, we're okay with being in our zone of excellence. We're like, oh, this is fine. I'm good. I'm making good money. I have a good quality of life. What more do I want? Happiness. <laughs> happiness. That's where the leap of faith comes in from, right? That big leap into doing what you love. When people are like, oh, when you do something you love, you never work another day in your life, right? Oh, you're working, but you're fucking happy. So you're not, so it doesn't seem like work to you because you're just like, oh man, I'm in alignment. I feel purposeful. I'm in my passion. And so you have like your, I'm going to call it Sam energy, that high vibrating, just like soul life of just like, ah. Oh, I feel good today. No matter what's happening around me, no matter what the world is doing or going through, I still feel good about who I am as a person. Not just what I'm doing out in the world, but who I am. And that's where it comes from. That intuition is trying to tell you you're off course. That little nudge, right? So you're 100% right. You're giving really good advice to your clients, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So what do we do? What do we do when we are mourning that death in our life? Whether it is truly the death of a loved one, it's the death of a career, it's the death of a relationship. What is your advice as the death doula, the death empath? How do we handle that? How do we move through it? What do we do? The very first thing I tell people is no judgment. No judgment for yourself. And to be gentle, to be extra gentle and extra kind, um, we're always putting these timelines to things. And mourning, grief, there are no timelines. But I will say this, the more you try to impose one, the more pressure you add, you're just going to add another component to your mourning and to your loss. So I always say first, just feel all the feelings. That's something I always say, just feel all your feelings, all of them. If you want to scream, yell, cry, throw things, like do it all with no shame, no guilt. And then just you, your spirit, your body, if you let it, it'll guide you as long as you let it. 
right? As long as you allow the release without any of the shame. And it'll, it'll tell you what's next. You know, do you need to binge watch Netflix for the next five days? Do it. Do you need to just eat a whole pizza and some like ice cream? Do it. Do you need to go outside and throw like plates at a wall? Do it. You know, um, because that's what it's trying to tell you you need. And we all release differently. We all process differently, but we have this timeline. So I say, allow yourself to feel your feelings. Be really patient with yourself and gentle and don't judge it. And then one of the things I think is really important is to share. Find someone that I like to call a safe person. That's not going to say, you know, the love and light stuff where it's like, oh, things happen for a reason. They're better off now. Those things are devastating to people who are grieving. Um, Find a safe person who's just going to sit there. Uh, I like to describe it as imagine you're in a room by yourself and this person's just sitting next to you just to help you feel like you're not alone. That's it. That's all you need from someone. They don't need to say anything. They don't need to fix anything. You just need that safe person that you can talk to. And it's just going to say something like, I don't even know what to say right now. I just know that I'm here for you and I'm going to sit right here next to you. And when you're ready to say some more things to me, I'm open without judgment and I'm not going to try to fix this. I'm just going to be here. I think that's beautiful advice for us also as friends who want to be supportive of our friends that are going through whatever they're going through is I know our our first, um, you know, nudges to want to help our friends or want to support our family or want to, and in that want to be of service, we might actually be doing a disservice. So I think that's actually great advice for us as women to recognize sometimes the best way to be of service to your friend, your partner, your family is just to be that quiet space and allow them to be without the need to fix it. So I think that that's beautiful advice on all fronts that I think we can all, we can all take. So thank you for that. That was awesome. Um, I mean, my brain's going in a million directions. I'm already looking at the time going, holy crap, I could talk to you for another like two hours. But is there anything that you feel like people need to know about what you do for a living, about death, about our relationship to death. Is there anything that you think that people need to know that we don't think about or we're unaware of? Yeah. uh, I call it illuminating the shadow. Just really illuminate the shadow. Um, I like to think of the shadow as like these little friendly demon-like creatures (laughs) that although seem really scary and big, like they have the ability to become very big, overwhelming um, and scary but they're really there to help guide us. So the shadow is meant to tell you where it is that you need healing, right? And we're so accustomed to like running away from it that we don't sit with it. And the more you run from something like that, the bigger it gets and the scarier it becomes. And then it becomes that mountain that you're like, I don't even know where to start to climb it. And it's more about just, all right, this is going to suck and I'm not going to feel good about this, but I'm going to sit with it. But you always are better for it. There hasn't been a time in my life where I haven't faced a shadow and not been so grateful for what it taught me. And that's 
that's what my work is. And I think that's something that is so beneficial to everyone. We're so caught up in the light. We're so caught up in like, oh, the light is got to be positive in the light and it's gonna, light's going to fix everything. I'm like, what do you do in the dark? Like you're going so ill-equipped because you think it's like not supposed to be that. You think there's not supposed to be any dark and you're like, no, light and dark exist together. It's a cycle. It's their one thing. And so you can be in the light all you want, but if you're not doing the shadow work, if you're not sitting with shadow and getting the lessons, then you're going to continuously be in this like loop of why everything I'm doing isn't working. Why isn't this working out? What am I doing wrong? And I'm all in this light and positive all the time, but you're like completely bypassing the dark, the shadow to learn those deep lessons that are really you, right? All those imprints that we were raised with, all those ideas that we, we believe that we are or we're not, the, whether we lack value, whether we lack self-worth, whether, whether we're super insecure or hypercritical on ourselves, that all co- comes from like this deep place of not fully, not fully accepting who we are as people and that the whole experience and journey of being a human being is being imperfect and also looking at how we can become better versions of ourselves, but in wholeness, being whole, not perfect. And wholeness looks different for everyone, right? But it's not, it's not about being perfect anymore. It's about showing up as who you are and saying, I love me. How can someone not love you if you love yourself, right? Like you just show up in the world like, I love me. And it's like this ray of sunshine and just like total confidence and like love for yourself and the world and everything around you. It, that, that it's where people gravitate towards you. They gravitate towards you because they're like, oh my God, I want some of the, that tea or whatever you're drinking <laughs> too. Like how do I get whatever you have? And it's more about just being that whole version of yourself. Jess, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. I have one more question, but before we get to that, where can people find you, work with you, learn more about you? So right now I just have uh, at Death Empath, I do guidance calls. So that's kind of where I'm starting is I do the eliminating the shadow guidance calls. And my Instagram is a kind of like a community-based Instagram. So there are resources there. There are books to read. It's a forum that's very safe. I'd like to say it's sacred where we come in and we talk about things that hurt. You know, we talk about things that are painful to talk about. Um, But that's where I am right now. I have a website as well, but my next journey is the podcast and, you know, all the things that come with it. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. I think you have so much wisdom to share. And I, just want to take a second and say that I am so, so, so grateful for all the things that have happened in my life and your life to get us to join this mastermind and meet because you show up with just such this supportive, grounded, just like mother, grandmother energy that I know that everyone that comes into contact with you just feels safe. And I want to honor you for the goddess and queen that you are. And just thank you for showing up as you, as totally you, because it gives everyone permission to show up as themselves too. So just thank you for holding space for me, for holding space for the women in our mastermind, for sharing your gifts and your knowledge and your wisdom 
with the women that listen to this podcast. I feel so blessed and lucky to know you. And my last question for you, the podcast is called Full Out. And in the dance world, living full out is like full leaps, turns, lipstick, rhinestones, all the things. So if someone were to ask you, Jess, how do I live my life full out in like a super quick 30 seconds, what would you say? I would say get really close to the shadow. I think full out, again, just being your authentic you. Just show up in your wholeness. But you got to look at both, light and dark. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.